Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as always, we've got another great one for you. We have Brett Kissel from Canada, and he's done some amazing things, and you're going to really love him. So, Brett, are you here? Yes, I am. Thanks very much for letting me call into you guys. Thank you. And make oh, sure that you're not on. And make sure you're not on speaker. No, no, no problem. Not not on speakerphone okay. uh, here. Okay. Okay. Good. good. All, All right. right. Um, so as we get started, t- um, tell us a little bit about who you are, um, a little brief overview of you, and some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Oh, I mean, I there's a lot of great things I love to do outside of music, but there's no denying that country music is my biggest passion. I mean, of course, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a proud husband and, and I'm a proud dad. So chasing around my three little kids is uh, a real blessing, especially during uh, this time and a wonderful distraction, you know, chasing after my oh, yes. four-year-old and two-and-a-half-year-old and, a half year old and uh, <laughs> baby boy, Leo, who's one. So it's pretty special in our oh, household yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah we, we know that feeling, too, because we, you know, we run our show from our home anyway. <clears throat> but, yeah, we have an eight-year-old and a one-year-old and you know it's a blast being with them all the time it is kids are a real blessing that's for sure and obviously they've provided some great content too when it comes to songwriting and and you know what we say (laughs) on stage and and great reasons to go out and play and and earn a living so that you can create a, a great way of life for our little kids and i'm very very blessed that i get to do what i do both north of the border and now obviously spilling into uh nashville south of the border and playing around the united states yes that is really awesome. Tell, is there a difference between Canadian market and U.S. market from your point well, of view? Well, in, in a lot of ways, yes. You know what? Uh, I mean, but then at the same time, I, I have to contradict that a little bit and say, no, because country music is country music, and a yes. good story mm-hmm. is a good story. But I would say one of yes. the biggest differences is that, you know what, when it comes to trying to play both sides of the border – there's a lot of things that happen based on the weather and the geography of the United States that's different from how I grew up pretty much in like the Canada up in the oh, northeast oh, part wow. of Alberta. Mm-hmm. So my summer lasts about two months and in Nashville, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a sunny day in like 85 right now uh, in Nashville yet back home in Alberta, it's like minus 25. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Big and difference. of course, la- and of course last year, as you know, we're not in Nashville yet, but we're going to be moving there. But I noticed I always watch the Nashville weather, and it seemed like last year the heat extended all the way into like November. It really did, and I love to golf. It's one of my great hobbies. So, um, you know, getting a chance to go out and golf in November and into December was awesome. And I text all my buddies back home in Canada because they're probably ice fishing or they're out you know, pushing <laughs> snow. And here I am on a beautiful golf course in Nashville. <laughs> so they're probably jealous wow. of that. So at what age did you know that this was what you wanted to do with your life? You know what? I'll, I'd probably answer it this way. I don't think there ever was mm-hmm. a time that, that I didn't want to play country music. I didn't realize oh, wow. it could be a job, you know, but it just went from a great passion as a little kid singing my heart out, standing on the coffee table, holding on to a, I don't know, a wooden spoon or a turkey baster and just – you know, just singing and Johnny Cash songs and George Strait songs at the oh, top wow. of my lungs. And then I got a guitar when I was just about to turn seven. And that was a real turning point for me because I, mm-hmm. you know, I put away my sports equipment mm-hmm. and my hockey stick and my hung up my skates. And all I wanted to do was be a country singer. So <laughs> ever since I think I was born, I think I was destined to do this. 
Now, when you put up everything, did your friends think you were crazy? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think everybody was pretty excited that I was following this path of music because oh, wow. it was very uncommon, not only for my friends, but especially for my family because mm-hmm. so many artists have mm-hmm. you know, a singing parent or, or grandparents or brothers or aunts or uncles or cousins. And me, I had zero. Nobody in my life or inner circle played music, sang. So the fact that I got into this was pretty cool for everybody. That's pretty awesome because, you know, like you said, so many people are used to, well, it's been passed down. They had all – just like with us, you know, I mean, in my side of the family, immediate, there was no music. But in Sandy's side, there actually is music, so, and I recently learned all that. So it was, her, her dad was in a band when he was young. Yes, yes. Well, oh, that was pretty cool to find out. Well, I think it's very interesting, you know, what, what your parents bring to the table. And with my parents not being musical at all – I think they offered a very unique perspective, as did my grandparents. Mm-hmm. But I can mm-hmm. now see the next generation, my little kids, especially my daughters, love to do exactly what I used to do. And I never told them to do this. I never um, encouraged them <laughs> to do this. They just started doing yeah. exactly what I did mm-hmm. as a kid. And they stand on the coffee table, they hold a wooden spoon, and they sing every Disney <laughs> song uh, that there's ever been at the top of their lungs. <clears throat> yeah, that's like our little, oh, wow. one, eight year, you know, our little eight-year-old. We we allow him to come on our show at the end, at the close close to the end, and ask he always mm-hmm. asks one question to each artist that we bring on, and he loves that. In fact, he'd be mad if I didn't do that on any artist. But you know, but he wants to one day do his own little live podcast like we do. <laughs> well, I think yeah. he offers a very unique perspective, especially as an eight year old, and I don't think that uh, that he should wait. I think that he should start that right now, and maybe Ellen or Oprah or Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel up, yep. or somebody like that will get a hold of him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he would love that. The, one of his shows that he loves watching. That's how they. I think that the little kid and the family did started some YouTube channel, and now they're on um, one of his stations. Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think up, that, you know the world yeah. is is our oyster. You know, for everybody to get up mm-hmm. on social media and and to play and experience and and just have something to say, and you never know what's going to go viral. You never know what's going to hit. It's the same thing with writing country songs. You just never know what's going to be that hit or that game-changing song for an artist or for your fans. But you know what? You must be present to win. So the more content, yep. the more that I write, mm-hmm. I think the better off I'll be. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, as an artist, many artists will tell us that, that, you know, you believe in this song. You're like, this song is it. And then that's not the song that takes off. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> happens, that happens to me probably every record, at least twice a record. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the song that you say, like I, you know, just like um, now, granted, some some artists really had that into and of their into it with their fans. Like you know, some you hear these stories of artists where they have to fight the record label to put out this. They're like you know, like I remember the to- to- one of the Toby Keith songs he had to fight. Um, it years ago and he said and they said no it's not gonna work and he said this will work and he convinced them and it was one of his biggest hits you know what it's funny because twice a record i'll have a song that is super surprising that i didn't expect to do as well as it did and then probably two Mm -hmm. songs a record i have Mm -hmm. that challenge with management or the record label and saying nah this (laughs) song is going to work and they're always like, no, nah, I don't think so. I think you should go this direction. But having mm-hmm. the opportunity to go back and forth 
with, uh, uh-huh. you know, with your collaborative partners is, is actually a really good thing. And I've always seen that as a positive, as long as, you know, we don't get into a big old fist fight over it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so growing up, who were some of your musical influences and have they changed a lot? You know what? My, my, my influences obviously change just as I, as I add more to the list. But for the most part, mm-hmm. it started off as the Man in Black, Johnny Cash, my all-time favorite. Oh, and yeah. then as I got into, yeah, the you know what? Exactly. And then mm-hmm. one of the other ultimates was the King, George Strait. I love George's Strait. music oh, yeah. and I still do to this day. And then as I started to play live, I started to watch a bunch of DVDs on, on who I believe is the greatest entertainer to ever walk the face Garth, of the planet. And that's Garth Brooks. <laughs> and so yep, I knew that one. Get, getting a chance yeah. to watch him on on DVD was amazing, and then getting a chance to meet him was even better than getting a chance to perform alongside him, because <clears throat> I've been able to do it a number of times now. It's kind of just been like cloud nine or heaven on earth. Yeah, because yeah, you know, yeah. it's funny, you know, when you look, like I try to tell people, Garth, I think Kenny Rogers originally changed country a different direction. But Garth just took it over. He he really did, and I think you know country music geographically, you know, had its roots, especially in the South, in Tennessee, in, in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, Texas, obviously. And don't get me wrong, there was country music everywhere, but yeah. it wasn't really until Kenny Rogers had an opportunity to take it and really make it popular in Los Angeles because he was crossover. And then obviously mm-hmm. in the 90s, you had Garth Brooks and his big Central Park thing. You know, who would have ever thought that a million people, one million people would come out to watch a country concert. It wasn't a Billy Joel concert. It wasn't an Elton John or Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. It was Garth Brooks, our guy, our country guy who did it, and that's yeah. pretty epic. Yep, that is. So at this point in your career, what drives you? Well, I would say that for me, a lot of it has to do with the fan base and getting an opportunity to in, interact with, with, with our fans. And mm. and I say this not in a conceited way. I, I say this in yeah. a very matter-of-fact way, is that I think every performer loves getting an opportunity to be on stage and play for somebody because what they yeah. will give to me as an artist and as an entertainer and I know what I can give to them as far as a release or an escape is an incredible marriage. And I'm very lucky yeah. that north of the border, I've been able to do this, you know, from, you know, small clubs to theaters and theaters to big theaters and theaters now to arenas. And I'm looking forward to that build, that really special oh, wow. build again in the United States where I've started <clears throat> off doing some clubs and then some opening dates mm-hmm. for like Brad Paisley mm-hmm. and Scotty McCreary oh, wow. and, and great legends like Neil McCoy and the late Joe Diffie. I've been able to open for him a number of times. and oh, It's just awesome. very special to rebuild and take some of the mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. I've had. So that's what really drives me is getting a chance to be on stage. So since you're talking about all these venues, what's been – is there like a favorite venue that you've played so far? Oh, absolutely. The Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman Auditorium oh, wow. too. There's two layers of the Opry. Getting a chance to play the Opry is the best mm-hmm. day of your life. Mm-hmm. For a country singer, but getting a chance to play the Grand Ole Opry in the winter time at the Ryman, the Mother Church, mm-hmm. and stand in that sacred circle mm-hmm. where Elvis and Patsy Cline and mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers and Dolly and Porter and Paisley and and Garth Brooks and and everybody got a chance to stand. If if you can stand there too, even if it's just once, 
there is some power that goes all the way up through that stage, through your cowboy boots, into your blue jeans, and up into your heart. I swear it <coughs> happens. I felt it now. Wow. Uh, I've been on the opera 12 times, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's unlike anything else. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, now, usually I get to this point where I ask about some of the highs that you've had when you look back. And, I get, and you've talked about some. But I want to go beyond that, what, you've, what we've already talked about. What are some moments where you look back, outside of what we already talked about, where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Well, it was at a number one party for George Strait. It was his 60th number one party at, uh, at the Skirmahorn Theater or uh, mm-hmm. Symphony Theater in, in Nashville. And he had an incredible night of guys like Dean Dillon and um, – Byron Hill and, and Phil O'Donnell, a bunch of the big songwriters that had written a huge number of hits for him and the ace in the whole band was all there. And I'm looking around the room and I, and Vince Gill is, is at a table and Garth is there and Reba and Brooks and Dunn. And I'm thinking, OMG, how did I get here? How did I get a ticket? You know, I was sitting at a table with my manager and, and everything. And then my manager at the time, he said, well, you want to go meet him? I said, who? Oh, wow. He said, the king. <laughs> I said, the king? And he's like, yeah. So we went backstage, and there was a lot of people back there from other artists, industry people, and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you this. I know it's a long story, so please forgive me. But oh, that's okay. George, you everyone was talking to George about country music, about his songs and his, and his influences and, and how they influenced them. And he's a very polite mm-hmm. Texas cowboy. So you're just listening, you know, not doing a lot of talking, shake your hand, the next person walks up and everything. And I thought, well, I could talk to him about me and how he influenced me, but it wasn't really mm-hmm. working for everybody else as I was watching. So I went up uh-huh. to him and I said, when it was kind of my turn, I said, you know what? We could talk country music all day, but I'm very interested in the kind of cattle that you've got in your cattle ranch. I got a ranch up in Alberta. It's been in my family for a hundred years. And so what kind of cows do you got? And he's like, Oh, well, we got Coriani and we got a bunch of Texas longhorns. And actually we were just calving out, you know, the other day and I had to pull a couple calves and we're going to go to market with them a little bit. And before you knew it, he and I, everyone's around us, me, this 25 year old cowboy and the king. Oh, wow. And we're not talking <laughs> country music at all. We're talking about cows. And I thought that was the coolest thing in my life. And, and you know, that's something that we want to do with our show, um, the Christmas Sandys. When we launched our show, one of the things that I looked at all the different people that are hosting shows, and it's usually mostly music related. And um, and it's and people like you didn't have the place to really tell your story at all, because again, when you got 15 minutes, you kind of talk got to talk about the album and, and that's it of course. and so when we mm-hmm. created the show we wanted it to be a place where we can give them 60 minutes or whatever however long we mm-hmm. have them go longer yeah. than that but average 45 60 minutes but we want to give artists time to really get their story out really get some things out that's mm-hmm. off the, on their chest and the, and i'm leading into the next part of this you know as we talked about some of the highs i always like to go the other way i always like to flip the script and let me tell you where i'm going with this so that you can know how to answer this part Back in, two, and back in 2014, we interviewed um, <clears throat> Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. One of the questions that we asked her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, coming from somebody who's full-time, this is going to sound funny. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep it as a hobby. And she went on to explain. 
She goes, the sacrifices we have to make. We have to eat different. We have to exercise different. We have to get on stage different. If somebody dies today in our family and we got a gig tonight, we have to wear that mask like nothing happened. We've got so much responsibility. If, you know, we, um, the struggles, the sacrifice, our family. He says, she said that even though me and my daughter are the ones who are up front as the two still girls, she says, our whole family had to sacrifice for this. So she said, no, no, you don't want this type of sacrifice unless your heart won't allow you to do anything else. And then if that's true, go all in because there is no way you'll make it unless you're all in. Let's go there. What do you think of what she said? And what are some of the struggles, sacrifices you've had to make through the years to get to where you are right now? You know what? That I don't think anything's been explained better than, than what you just said right there and what she said because it is an incredible sacrifice, an incredible struggle. And don't get me wrong. We're very blessed mm. in country music exactly. that we get to travel, see the world, play great stages, meet amazing people. And even though I say that we, we work very hard, country artists, at our craft, but it is still not hard work. And, and I'll preface it in yeah. this way. Hard work is pulling calves. Hard work is pulling oil out of the ground. Hard work is being a nurse yeah. or a doctor or mm-hmm. a first responder or a firefighter. That is yeah. hard work. We just work very hard at our craft. And the sacrifice mm-hmm. is definitely tough to miss out on the family events. But I'll tell you, um, one of the craziest things that has been said to me that I truly believe is, is, is 100% true is the fact mm-hmm. that you have to enjoy the climb with this. And, yeah. and every day I wake up and I look at my list of goals or I think about what I'm going to do and, and what I want to accomplish without taking an opportunity to stop, smell the roses, and enjoy the climb. Because the minute you reach the top, and you actually never know mm-hmm. where that top is. And everyone right now yeah. could think that everyone can now judge another artist and say, ah, you know what, Brooks and Don were on the top at this point. And mm-hmm. maybe they didn't realize it in that year, or Carrie Underwood realizes mm-hmm. that maybe right now this is as good as it's going to get. Or maybe yeah. Carrie Underwood has mm-hmm. five more levels on the ladder to go. We don't know. But what Miley yeah. Cyrus said on, on her Instagram Live the other day that I thought was so crazy because how had I not thought about this already is to mm-hmm. enjoy the ride, enjoy the climb. Yes, I know that's one of her mm-hmm. lyrics, but to enjoy <laughs> every step of the way because you don't know when it's going to end mm-hmm. and you don't know yep. when, you've, when you've hit your peak. And you don't mm-hmm. want to be looking back and say, oh, mm-hmm. I should have soaked it in. I should have smelled the roses. Mm-hmm. I should have appreciated yeah. those moments. You have to appreciate everything um, and every experience that comes your way. And, and we try to live. We've, we've been married 17 years. We've tried to live that way. I mean, we've been a, people think we're crazy because for 17 years, we've been a 24-7 couple. And that's just mm-hmm. the way we chose to live. You know, I married her to be with her, you know, <laughs> you know and all that. <laughs> So, you know, so we have always enjoyed life. I mean, even through our struggles, we've enjoyed – we always told people, look, you've got to enjoy the journey because you're going to one day be on that deathbed. And when you're on your deathbed, you're going to look back at your life, and you're going to ask yourself, how was the adventure? And if you can say, man, what a ride, you did good. But if you look back and say, what if? That's a, that's you're, you're, it's going to eat you alive. 
And about the what 100%. if, I mean, I, I almost went, I went through the what if. I get what y'all go through. We actually originally launched New Country Buzz in 2014, and it, it took off back then really good. And we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she became big, which was really cool one of, and all that. And I remember in 2015, for personal reasons, we had to shut it down. And, and for each six months or so, I would, my, I would feel like, man, what if? What if we would have just – I mean I pushed it so far away that we even let go of the domain New Country Buzz. I mean it was that bad. And New Country Buzz kept – every six months I would look, it's still there. Six months later, it's still there. By the end of 2018, I told Sandy, like, you know, this is eating me up. I would rather build something and fail at the end of the road, but know I gave it everything, than wonder what if the rest of my life. I said, we got to relaunch New Country Buzz, and we've got to get, and you know, we got to finish what we started. So she's like, let's go, let's do it. Really this. glad that you guys mm-hmm. that you did that, and that, that you're living your life in that in that way. It's very inspiring. You know what? It really is. To work with your spouse and to conquer so much with your spouse, it certainly is inspiring. And we appreciate you saying that because that's, oh, we do. You know, that's how we like to, you know, we've always tried to live that way. And, you know, we've got mm-hmm. a bigger vision now than we had then. You know, so we owe we a did. lot that, that we did have to shut it down because, to be honest, since we shut it down, we, got, we end up getting pregnant with Caitlin. So the odds are if we didn't shut it down, yes. she wouldn't be here. So, you know, right. so we're grateful point. for that little lack. And now that she's here, she's one year old, where we relaunched end of 18, had no idea we was going to do a show like this. And then it just, and then, you know, our foundation for New Country Buzz was built in 2019. And then this year, you're our 49th interview for this year now. Yeah. 49. Amazing. <clears throat> So it's it's been a blast, and you know what we loved it. I mean, We're I, you know, I, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you feel like this. I remember the very first interview we did, which was with Allison Steele. Um, I knew then I was supposed to do this. Uh, did you feel like that when you I'll when you, you first got on that stage? Did you feel that? Uh, you know what? I it, it was a long time ago, and I was just a little kid, mm-hmm. and. And so that first time, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I probably was a yeah. little bit more scared that I was going to forget my lyrics. And, but I uh-huh, know, yeah. and, you know, my, mom, my mom and my dad are out there watching with a video camera and stuff like that. So I didn't really know, but it was just over time that yeah. I, I got more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd be more comfortable on stage than I would be anywhere else. And another thing is that I would be, you know, I'd be thinking like, you know, a, a kid who loves football or baseball so much and they eat, sleep and breathe it and they, they have dreams about it and they wake up and all they want to do is throw around the football and, and work out or, or, or play hockey and just fire pucks at, at the, mm-hmm. the garage, you know, door mm-hmm. night and day, rain or shine. Well, that was me and my guitar. That was me and singing. And yeah. I would sit in the basement and learn every single song that I could possibly mm-hmm. learn from every single country singer so like I, I feel I'm a oh, bit wow. of like a kind of a crazy encyclopedia, <laughs> and maybe that's why I connected with so many great artists over the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, or throughout the years is because when we're on the bus or we're back at a hotel and we just break out the guitars, nobody wants to sing your recent single. In fact, not yeah. a lot of people really care. You know what? I'm not going to sit with <laughs> Brad Paisley and say, "Hey, uh, here's my new single." 
He heard it on stage already. He wants to hear Buck Owens songs, so he play obscure Buck Owens stuff, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you're talking about all this behind-the-scenes stuff and that, that, that this is really a job because I think a lot of people don't realize that. You know, you see people on Facebook, and they post things like, well, artists need to get a real job, or parents might say, well, my son or my daughter needs to get a real job. And I cringe because I, I always tell people, don't tell an artist they need a real job because they got something better, a passion to live for. Just because you don't have a passion doesn't mean that you should steal theirs away because I've got friends of mine. That I've sat down with, who are 10, 10 and fifteen years in their career, and you say, and they're like miserable. And I'm like, well, God, you, you know, you got this nice house, <clears throat> you got an awesome family, you got this great career, and then they stop me. They, uh, several will stop you and say, no, I wouldn't say that about the career. I'm like, what do you mean? You went to college for it? It uh, wasn't that what your passion? They said, no, that was my parents' passion. I did that to please them, and now they're miserable. Uh, you see, that, that is really tough to live your life for somebody else. And, and those who are in the art, you know what, there's just, you can categorize them in different ways. I've been lucky. I've, in a lot of ways, I've never had a job in my life that it was a nine-to-five <laughs> paying thing. But, I mean, yeah. I grew up on a cattle ranch, and I still worked that farm with my cousins and my family as well as my, my oh, old wow. man and stuff like that. So, I mean – I mean, I own cows. We chase cows. We're, we're, it's still busy, and I, I know a, a, a hard day's work in that regard, but you know yeah. what? Uh, there's a lot of people that are in the arts that had jobs, had terrible jobs. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. You know, we're, and, and, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to say what those terrible jobs are because I don't want to be discriminatory to anybody who may be doing that right now. <laughs> True. But they hated mm-hmm. it, and they actually yeah. hated it so much and worked so hard at their craft to become a country singer mm-hmm. that they will never look back because they now know the value of, of you know, making, making minim, you know, less than minimum wage and working their fingers to the bone and mm-hmm. now finally getting an opportunity to go and, and be a big star and, and drink good whiskey. Yep. You know what I mean? People earn it. And so <laughs> yeah. it's very, very difficult to hear of others judging others, but yeah. that's, another mm-hmm. time, that's another story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we, we feel you on that because, see, like um, in the evenings, now granted, we don't hate this. We, we, for us to stay afloat while we build our brand here of New Country Media, we, um, we do odd and gig work just so we can stay flexible. And in the evenings, we usually mm-hmm. do, do um, delivery of food, which, which the yeah. good thing is that that's still an essential thing right now, so we can still do work right now. Yeah, um, great. Which but, we're grateful but, for. But evenings, mm-hmm. we do that to help us stay afloat while we try to build this yeah. crazy idea we have, you know, to mm-hmm. finally get it off the ground. Because the goal, of course, like y'all, is one day we're living off this. Yes. Well, here's the thing is that – if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That wouldn't yep. be a saying or a meme or a, mm-hmm. a, a dang fridge magnet if it wasn't true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good on you guys. And, and I'm really, really wishing nothing but the best for not only the two of you, but your growing family and this great passion that you do have for country music and bringing new artists like myself to the forefront. You know what's funny is I always tell people, brainwash me into this music stuff. Because back back when we first married 17 years ago, um, I was this big person, this person that was big in the like motivational audios. I was so brainwashed into that, that I believed that 
if you were in your car and you weren't listening to audio motivational stuff, you weren't serious about your business. And since we married, and she's 24-7 music. So um, it wasn't long before we both realized something's got to give. So we made agreement. We'll listen to audios 50% of the time and listen to music 50% of the time. But she brainwashed me into all this. And now, but now I get it. I realized the power of music. I didn't know it. I didn't understand it then. Now I know that music will move you. I mean, there are songs I can listen to, and I will be in tears over it. And it's, it's so moving. And you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no denying that music has that power, and it's probably the only, the only thing in, in our world. No matter where you're from or what language you speak, it's an international language, and everybody yep. can feel something with music 100%. And with that, we will take a small break, and then we'll play your song, and we'll come back and let's talk about the song. How's that sound? Sounds great. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Walks in like a tent, looking knockout, turning heads, drop me dead, spinning right round. She's more than messing with my mind. She's that tiger kind of wife, got the devil in her eyes. She's got that body that I crave. I can't help but misbehave. It's the way she looks tonight. She drives me crazy.
of my time. I spend every dollar, I spend every dime. She stole my heart and took over my mind. It's local game over, she got me crazy. It is. Great song. So how did all that that song come about? Well, you know what? I, I wrote that song after I just got back from Vegas. Um, as, as you could probably tell from that club feeling and vibe and everything. <laughs> I was at a bachelor party with, uh, with my best friend that I'd planned. And I came back to Nashville and, and still feeling in, in a really good mood from, you know, the great party that we had that weekend. And, and I said, i got to write a song that's going to sound great in one of these clubs. And so I sat down with my co-writers and I, or I texted them the night before and I said, hey, I've got an idea and we've got to go real club with this one. So I said, I'm getting dressed mm-hmm. up like I'm, like I'm mm-hmm. going to the club and I'm bringing some tequila and we're going to write a club <laughs> song. And sure enough, if we didn't write that one, and we wrote it in like under an hour, I would say 45 minutes, start to finish. Oh, wow. And we were just oh, in the wow. zone, myself, Karen Kozowski, and Emma mm-hmm. Lee. And we wrote that banger mm-hmm. of a track in 45 minutes, but I'll tell the both of you that we actually felt, because we love country music so much, we felt guilty Mm -hmm. that we wrote something so pop-leaning that we wrote the (laughs) most country (laughs) song of our lives later on that exact same day, and we're like, we need to do something for the country gods to make sure they know that we're still country. So we wrote another song on my record called Hummingbird that is super bluegrass folk country, and uh, those songs are actually back-to-back on the record just for a perfect little... A yin yang kind of thing. Oh, well. Wow, that's cool. So, how did you get connected to the Bachelor and Caitlin and Jason in your video? Well, Caitlin and I are both from the same province in Canada. We're both Canadian. We're both from mm. Alberta, and we've known of each other for a long time. And and when Caitlin had gotten off the show and started her own podcast called Off the Vine, she invited me to be a guest. We became instant friends, and. So she and I, my wife, were friends, and then Jason came into the picture. She started to date him, and then we went on a double date to a restaurant in Nashville, and I think we had just enough wine and maybe just enough whiskey and after-dinner cocktails that my wife and I said, hey, we need a real couple with real chemistry to be in our upcoming music video. Do you want to do it? And they're like, yeah. And we said, well, it's next week. They're like, uh, okay. And we're like, yeah. We're going to go to the Bahamas. Oh, well, then 100% we're in. We flew them down, and it was one of the best music videos I ever made. Oh, wow. That's – you know, again, you know, Nashville is one of them cities we've noticed that you have to be connected in. Yes. Oh, 100%. So is Nashville everything you thought it would be as you moved there? You know what? I'll I'll tell it to you this way. I believe it's better than I ever expected it to be. I thought it would be great. I didn't think it would be 
absolutely amazing. Sometimes I want to drop an F-bomb and, and throw that in there because that way I can truly describe how I feel about this city because it is so creative and collaborative mm-hmm. and fun mm-hmm. and exciting and inviting that it is, without question, an incredible home for me, my wife, and my kids. Yeah, what's cool is, um, again, you see, I, you know, we're so connected to Nashville, even though we are not there, which is really cool to see it from the outside. I, I guess a while back I posted something on Facebook, and we're in, we're in the Savannah, Georgia area, and I remember posting on there that we're looking for a podcast-type mic if anybody has an extra one. And I remember, and, I, and of course we're talking local now. We're, you know, we're talking about Savannah. I had a friend of mine from Nashville private message me and say, I've got one. What's your address, and I'll mail you well, that also goes to show the spirit of Nashville. Everybody's so giving. Everybody is so kind. So that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm glad it happened, but it doesn't surprise me. And as horrible as the tornadoes were, you really seen Nashville step up there. Oh, yes. And, and I wanted to do something, you know what, and I know a lot of Canadians that travel down there or, or now mm-hmm. live in Nashville. You know, we all wanted to help. So I came back up to Edmonton, um, my home city in Alberta, mm-hmm. Canada, and we raised mm-hmm. $73,000 for the uh, Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee um, for the tornado effort. Wow. And actually, that was my last live show that I did before COVID-19 uh, happened, wow. and, and everything kind of you know was canceled um, after that. So it was a really, really special night to give back to a city that I love with all my heart and have so many people help donate $73,000 was epic. That is really awesome. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Well, it would be Johnny Cash for sure, and I'd love to wake up early in the morning and have a cup of coffee with him, and and I don't care if we wrote something gospel. I I wouldn't care if we wrote something rebellious. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. care if we wrote wrote about, I don't know, cows eating grass in the ditch. If I wrote a song with Johnny Cash – I, I could probably die and go to heaven right then and there. <laughs> so so if you was able to ask Johnny one question, what would it be right now? Oh, wow. Um, I'd ask him about marriage and his relationship with June. And I would, oh, yes. And I would just talk to him about balance, work-life mm-hmm. balance, how he achieved mm-hmm. it, and and what his recommendation would be or has been to young couples in the business coming up through the ranks. Yeah, because I'm hoping with that our marriage can be that example because we do everything in balance. I mean, once we work together, it's a little easier, you know, than some people. Um, mm-hmm. But we try to make sure that we don't overload things, and you know, and I try to tell people, you know, you know, you always hear people talk about they have um, that they have. Um, you got to have a margin in, in your money. Well, you also got to have a margin in your time. And I think people miss that. Absolutely. Time is the most precious resource any of us have. And without, and without that, you know, that's, I, I truly believe that's where marriages are getting destroyed in this day and time is nobody's together anymore. And that's why, even though I hate the fact of this virus, the one plus that's coming out of this is families are coming back together. In a lot of ways, they certainly are. And, you know, I can, I can look to, to my family and my little kids and my beautiful wife and, 
truly enjoying uh, this time for mm-hmm. what it is, finding the silver linings in absolutely everything mm-hmm. to do with COVID-19 and everybody being cooped up. You know, there's a lot of joking out there that there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of, well, quarantine babies or they call them corona babies or whatever yeah, you want to say I've nine months it. from now. I don't know if that's going to happen with me and my wife but necessarily, but <laughs> then I posted that on Instagram and someone said, yeah, but just imagine all the divorces. Have you ever heard of the comedian Wanda Sykes? Um, mm-hmm. She's one yes. of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And she said, I love my wife. I love my union with her. I love, um, I said, for better or for worse. I said, for sickness and in health. I said, for mm-hmm. richer or for poor. But I did not say no 24-7 stuff. I did not agree to 24-7. <laughs> and I just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> but what's funny about that story is I remember when I was uh, – I really felt like I was supposed to meet someone online back in 2002. Because back then it was taboo to meet online. So I'm searching, and I really felt like I was – my wife was there. And But one of my criteria, and people think I'm crazy for this, they think that I probably missed up on some good people, but I didn't want good. I wanted perfect fit for me. Uh, and But one of my criteria was, one of my questions I would ask the girl would be, if it was possible, and I would only say if it was possible, if it was possible, would you consider being a 24-7 marriage and we build a legacy together? And people would laugh at me, call me crazy and all that. Sandy was the only one that says, oh, man, if that was even possible, never heard of that, but that would be really awesome. I knew then that was the one, and here we are 17 years later. No way. Yes. Well, perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, what I didn't want, you know, I could have – I mean, most people do bait and switch. They're, they're like, I'll pretend to be this so that you will like me, and then when they get married – the mask comes off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell the people my past, everything, because I didn't want to have the bait and switch. This is what I wanted in a marriage. I would rather not be married than not to have that. That was just my opinion. Again, nobody – I don't tell people to live this way, but it's just the way I wanted to live. You know, to each their own. Everybody you know, has the right to have whatever type of relationship that they that is going to be best for them and it sure yep. is amazing when fireworks can you know really go off and get set when there's a great union between a husband and a wife or you know what whoever you love because love is love and if you can connect in every way shape and form i'm not saying have a list and necessarily stick to it or what have you but if you've got Mm -hmm. something that is very important or a number of things that are important Mm -hmm. boy does it ever feel amazing when those things are checked off and you can have uh, kind of the best case scenario for your relationship everybody deserves that yep and and Mm -hmm. people don't get us because again we 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 connect now i went through 19 years of addictions and First five years of our marriage was really hell for my wife because of those. But, you know, she never put me down. She never nagged me. In fact, she showed me God's pure love through her. And I really believe if she didn't do that, I'd probably be dead today. And she went through a lot. You know, like I remember Peyton Taylor wrote a song called Dear June. It was about how – it was asking June how she dealt with the addictions of Johnny. And that really broke my heart almost because – 
that was me. That was what I put Sandy through. And then Anna Cash wrote a song called Broken Roses, and that broke me. And because again, I was that guy that was about to jump off the bridge. I felt like I needed to end this. But here I am, 12 years sober, and married 17 years, stronger than ever. Well, I I I, I got to tell you, I really respect that, and I'm I'm share that story with me, and obviously all, all your listeners, and and between the three of us, I think that this is a a very very important time to connect with ourselves inside mm-hmm. and a very important time yeah. to let those in our lives um, that we love and have done so much for us, let them know because yeah. the world kind of just stopped recently, mm-hmm. didn't it? And now we, yep, it did. you know, it did. now yeah, we have an opportunity did. to tell these things to, you know, everybody or what we wish we could have said face to face. We may not get an opportunity for a while. Yep. So I value that you're saying mm-hmm. that to me and you're saying that to your listeners and and I've tried to do that through music as well and I've got a mm-hmm. song on my record called Coffee with Her that is inspired oh, wow. by of course June and Johnny and oh, wow. it mm-hmm. just talks about the simple things in life um mm-hmm. you know that that I love the most and it's this morning having coffee with her that I love the most. And <laughs> it's something that I hope you both get an opportunity to listen to because it that was one of my favorite songs I've ever recorded. We'll we'll have to listen to it after this. Oh show, we but definitely awesome. will. Um mm-hmm. well, so speaking as you of that know, guys, I, I, I'm gonna have to let you yeah. go because my, my kids have woken up from their naps and and I'm gonna go and uh, see dad and go chase after all, all three of them. Right now, and yes. enjoy the the rest of my afternoon as best as I can, if that's okay. Oh, okay. absolutely, we get that. Yes. And thank <laughs> well, you for being on the show. Before I go, well, and I appreciate yeah. it. But and before I go, I, I just want to thank the you know the two of you for for this great and very exciting platform, and and I wish you nothing but the best. And for everybody that you do speak with, you know, from you know the the current artists to the up and comers to the legends or whatever, I think it's very very special that you've shared your story and I think people are going to be able to hear that through their phones or through the microphone and stuff like that so this is a very special special day for me thank you oh well, I appreciate oh, thank that you for your and time. we look forward we to having you back on the show down the road oh that would be great well you guys take care oh, oh you, you too, too. And we'll talk to you yes. real soon yeah and cling tight to your family I'm yeah. going to give mine a big hug All right, okay we'll we will <laughs> thank you okay. Uh, Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the show today Cut a little short, but you know what? That shows he's putting balance in his life Because again, it is about family And you've got to have that balance And you've got to build It's okay to build your future But you do have got to have balance too But again, tomorrow we have another show coming See you then